Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey guys, it's Sandra. This is Emily. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls rewatch podcast. Okay, so welcome to season two. This is the first episode, Sadie Sadie. And um, we're going to do something a little differently. We're no longer going to be doing Sandra Sucky summaries. Every week, one person is going to give a 30 second quick summary of the episode. We're going to be timed. And if you fail the 30 seconds, you get one point. Whoever gets the most points at the end of the season is going to have to do a forfeit to be determined. Um, so the first week is me and I'm, I'm going to fail this right <laughs> away, but it's fine. Um, let me know when the time starts. Go. So Lorelai has just proposed, has just been proposed to last episode of season one. There are about a hundred thousand daisies and they've been given to everyone. Rory's excited. Lorelai's hesitant. Richard and Emily are proud of Rory for getting into the top 3% and throw her a special dinner saying she can invite whoever she wants. Well, she invites Dean and things are catty because Richard is a drama queen. Um, also earlier in the episode, Lorelai says yes to Max and they start to plan their wedding. Emily finds out about Max and Lorelai. Time. Technically, I said everything that needs to be said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you covered you covered most of the episode. <laughs> the only thing I had left was Max buys Lorelai a ring. He does. I mean, it didn't make it in the summary. Ah, uh, okay, <laughs> so fine. It didn't happen. This is now canon. <laughs> <laughs> I get a point for the first one. I'll get better at it. I swear. Um, and whoever yeah, has was the, the most summary. points at the end. Yes. Okay. I can't wait to see what this forfeit's gonna be. And I hope it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> well, we're starting out great. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome back, everybody. Happy season two. This is one of my favorite seasons, guys. So I can't wait to really talk about it. So uh, we start out in the town square. And there are daisies everywhere. There are too many daisies. Like, there were too many daisies when we were at the inn in the last episode of season one. Like, we were like, there's more than a thousand daisies here. There, they have like there are so many daisies. <laughs> There's so times many. the daisies. I the town is overrun with daisies. I feel like I might have said this <laughs> in the last episode of season one, but ASP even said like we got a thousand daisies. It was not enough for what we wanted this to look like. So they like literally bought out almost the entire West Coast in daisies. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, mean, just like, but like daisies are tied to trees. Everybody has an armful of daisies. They're just like. Flower crowns, necklaces, oh everything. Necklaces. Yeah. Um, and we cut to Rory and Lorelai walking through town, and Rory is obsessed with this wedding plans. And Lorelai like, isn't. Nope. <laughs> she hasn't even said yes yet. She's still nope. on the fence. Everybody else is ready for this except Lorelai, which 
I'm gonna say that's a red flag. I think <laughs> it is kind of a red flag. You're not wrong, Jess. I'm trying to find. Okay. Yeah, my very first note, and I mean it, it's the first scene, but the fact that Lorelai doesn't even want to imagine what the wedding would look like. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even a, okay, you said yes, it's, but think how pretty it could be. No, I don't want to. Yeah. Like, yeah. My first note is just too many daisies and all kinds. Yeah. <laughs> Intro show. There's daisies everywhere. Question mark? It breaks my heart how excited Rory is, though. Oh, she's yeah. so excited. Because as much as I agree, I don't think Lorelai and Max are endgame, I feel like we see a much better relationship between Rory and Max than we do any other potential love interests of Lorelai's, other than Luke, obviously. Yeah. Like, I even feel like Including Christopher? Point, including oh, Christopher. absolutely including, yeah. <laughs> like, Max actually takes time out of his day to be like, hey, Rory, you okay? Christopher is yeah. like, hey, Rory, what's your mom doing? Yeah. Hey, Rory, yeah. I haven't spoken to you in four months. How's your mom? Hey, Rory, this is the first time I'm seeing your childhood home. Hey, let me buy you a book. Oh, wait. I can't afford it. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, We move move on to uh, Kim's Antiques. And Kim's Antiques is no longer the glass chimney. Nope. Um, Nope. It is now Kim's Arts and and Antiques. Um, But it has the same design as Mm -hmm. it used to have. Did it say Um, the glass chimney passed, like, the first first couple episodes? I think it was only the first episode. Okay. Um, But it is that same design. Mm -hmm. Well, in this scene, we get yet another reference to the other half of Lane's parents. Because she says parents, plural. Her parents have been talking about this. We don't see her dad ever. Do we see him in the revival? In the revival, yes. yes. It's a joke. That is the only time. Yes, exactly. But like, Mm -hmm. nope. this mystery man. (laughs) (laughs) Who we do see is the creepy baseball boy. Who is still there the uh, with the red jockey. hat. Yeah, it's a jockey. Oh, the lawn jockey. He looks like a creepy little baseball boy. I'm pretty sure he's there for the entirety of the series. Poor Lane is being shipped off to Korea with a one-way ticket. Mm-hmm. And later we will see the largest suitcase known to man. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Lane. Because um, Lane's scenes can all be talked about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And poor Lane... This Lane is the first is so time scared. we see her, like, actually fight back to her mom a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and her totally mom is so understandable, happy. too. Yeah. Her mom is weirdly happy. She's, like, sing-songing. Yeah. And she's humming. And, like, I just imagine, like, obviously they know, she, Mrs. Kim knows Lane is going to come home. But can you imagine Mrs. Kim just, like, sitting in her chair or wherever she lounges and just, like, giggling to herself? Because of the stress she's putting on Lane. Like, that's what this like, seems like. Like, do you think that's why she's happy about? I don't know. I thought know. she was just happy about the fact that Lane is going to Korea. I think that's probably it. But, like, the whole, her parents aren't going to tell her when she comes back. The parents will tell the child when the parents are ready kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's like a Like, almost rubbing in her face. It yeah. is, Yeah. And, and she it's can. not nice. Like it's Lane not. says later, I'm a minor and my parents are sending me to family. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. no control here. Honestly, if I hadn't seen the show before, and this didn't occur to me when I was a kid, essentially watching it the first time through, as an adult, if I saw this scene play out, I would assume they were writing that character off. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, 
all right, one-way ticket to a different country is a great way to get rid of a character who the actor is, like, asking for too much money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. have you seen it before? Yeah. Oh, my I gosh. Think put how, on the bus. Think how Gilmore Girls would have been without Lane. No. Horrible. I love Lane. It's super different. Our whole message is justice for Lane. <laughs> justice <laughs> for Lane. And unfortunately, I don't think she would find it in Korea. Mm-mm. Oh, no. No. Um, but cut back to Lorelai we meet one of my favorite characters one of my favorite <laughs> small characters Bootsy, Bootsy. <laughs> the New York-esque magazine person with the literally stand guy a, one whole stand is just wedding magazines right like I, I counted been, oh there's counted. tons of wedding magazines I've been to New York I've I've seen these newsstands I don't remember and maybe this is just my horrible memory I don't remember there ever being this large of a dedicated wall just to bridal magazines there are 22 magazines 22 of them 22 bridal magazines yeah 22 bridal magazines they well i mean they repeat though right like they have yeah there there were like three of them that repeated but not really yeah they were all separate it was crazy and also one of them was british because the the front of it said um a three thousand pound voucher contest (laughs) And I was like, um... Bootsy is <laughs> international. Yeah. I, there's no way that there are that many people getting married in Stars Hollow. There's just, mm-hmm. like, literally not enough people for it. No. There really is, isn't. It's purely to push Lorelai into mm-hmm. having to look at a wedding Do you think Miss Patty magazine. came to his newsstand and just put all of the magazines, like, out? <laughs> yes. She would. That's my headcanon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you what I was not expecting... I was not expecting a Nirvana Trump joke in 2001. Yes. He's been... Yeah. They've... That whole... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always been... Always been rich. That's what we'll say. Always yeah. been rich. So after Bootsies, uh, we get one of those weird scenes where they're trying to make the town seem quirky, and instead they make the town seem like a nightmare. <laughs> because... <Yeah. laughs> Luke, Luke uh, nails it on the head, though. This whole town should be in a mental patient facility. It's just like, because so everybody wants to hear what happens when Lorelai tells Luke that she's engaged. Like yeah. literally everybody yeah. in town wants to know because everybody knows what these daisies are about. Mm-hmm. And the town or most of the town follows Lorelai and Rory to Luke's and then crowds around the windows the way that Taylor's gang did on the pre-paint date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's terrifying. But they play it off like it's just funny. No, like, I, that would give me so much anxiety. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, And then someone faints. Kirk? Kirk. Kirk, yeah. <laughs> Kirk faints. Uh, but Kirk. the big drama is what's going to happen when Lorelai tells Luke. So when Lorelai goes up to Luke, Luke says one of my favorite lines in the series of, um, you're going to have to wait for coffee unless you want to roll up a dollar bill and go nuts. I, I think it's so funny. I mean, to be fair, that's not that's not a, a bad offer for Lorelai. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious about what you guys think of Luke's reaction, because <sighs> I feel like Luke's reaction comes in two defined parts. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. the first part. And there is the second part. Yeah. And the first part, I was like, that's our man. Such a good guy. Nice. He wants to be a friend. And then he like. He goes for the jugular. 
Oh my like, god! Immediately goes in. Mm-hmm. What's worse is he knows what to ask her. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he knows the buttons to press. He knows her and so he knows, well. Yeah, like the the coupon drawer mm-hmm. story. Yeah, that sticks with her. We see that literally play out a few scenes mm-hmm. later, where she's like, "If I, you die, I if, want you if to know I where die, the coupon yeah. drawer is." Oh my gosh! But yeah, no, Luke just kind of like terrifies her into well where are you gonna live oh he wants to have kids like all of these big questions that yes you should discuss with somebody before getting engaged and marrying them but it's not luke's place to say it no no and especially not while half the town looks from outside oh absolutely like you're in public you're in a public place. You're I'm very public bothered place. by Luke's reaction <laughs> to this, just because, like, I know he's well, jealous. It's jealousy, yeah. But it just seems so out of character for him to kind of be malicious like this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say season one, Luke. This is out of character, Luke in general. But this I feel is like what this we're is coming out character. of. Is season one, yeah. Luke. <laughs> Yeah. Right, this is why season one Luke won Town's person. Yeah. yeah. Because he's a special person who we don't ever see again. Nope. No. Uh, but <laughs> uh, after we've told Luke, you would think the next thing on the, the list would be telling mom and dad, right? But no, absolutely not. How much easier could this entire thing have been if Lorelai would have just told them? And like, not even right away. Like, they have the Mm -hmm. whole 3% thing with Rory, which is fantastic. But, like, she goes Mm -hmm. out, she makes the phone call, which will... I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. But she comes back. Mom, I'm in gay. Like, right Right? there. Right there. Just say it. They're jumping around screaming, acting crazy. Like, no, that's a weird thing to do. (laughs) To come inside and scream and jump around and not share it with the people with you. Right? Yeah. Like, it's just kind of rude, too. Yeah, but I do want to back up a little bit to, like, the actual yeah. 3% conversation. I want to back up even further, because oh, no. um, when they arrive, they have a very similar shot as the pilot of, like, looking mm-hmm. at Emily um, at the door and then the opposite way of Lorelai and Rory this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of the static picture we got last time with the pickup <laughs> truck and, like, yep. all the houses, now we get the actual view of the driveway with the pillars. Mm-hmm. And, like, it looks super fancy. We this have is the official the Gilmore, Gilmore House. The Gilmore exactly. Mansion. Um, so I thought that was interesting that we just had the, the same scene in both mm-hmm. um, episodes. But, yes, top 3%, which Rory already knows. Yeah. Right, exactly. And Lorelai <laughs> knows because Rory told her. I love that. Who do you know at Chilton? Uh, Rory. Rory. <laughs> I love that line. And I love the way that it's acted, too, with, like, the hand gesture. It's really great. <laughs> but with that, though, Rory says it wasn't definite. So when mm-hmm. Emily tells them, like, oh, it's definite, you'd think there would have been a little more excitement from them. From yeah, Lor- she didn't Emily, react at uh, all. Yeah, from Lorelai and Rory. I think then it was a little bit more than definite. Yeah. She was just trying to spare yeah. Emily's feelings. That she, that she yeah. they hadn't told her. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask, um, how do you guys feel about Lorelai kind of spacing out in the middle of all these praises to worry to think about her own impending potential nuptials? I mean, I think it's on brand. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it kind of made me sad. I'm like, the family here and... Yeah, it just made me sad. 
Like everybody here is celebrating this great achievement that Rory made, transitioning to a new private school in the middle or at some point mm-hmm. in the school year and getting making it to the top 3%. And you're like, oh, that's so nice. Now, about me. I mean, obviously, she doesn't say it, but. I was kind of trying to think, like, what was the connection, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what made her think about Max? And all I could think of was, oh, they're talking about Chilton. Mm-hmm. Chilton. Max. I mean, it's a big thing to be thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was also kind of like, you know, oh, they're so excited for Rory. They're heaping all this praise on Rory. Like, I think there was also potentially a little bit of like, well, I have big, exciting news, too. Yeah. You know, like, Mm -hmm. but nobody's celebrating that here Mm -hmm. because she hasn't told them, obviously, but... Well, she hasn't even said yes, really. Yeah. So No, she goes and does that off screen. (laughs) um, She calls Max, and we see the Gilmore Girls' backyard for the first time, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which I I still want to know where the pool is. Oh, yeah. Right, because Rory lives at the pool house later. It's just like a landscape patio. garden beds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, Lorelai basically says, like, where are we going to live? Where All the questions that Luke gave her. Mm Mm-hmm. Max's response response of these are things to think about if you're saying yes. No, these are things to Mm -hmm. think about before you say yes. Before the question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Before the question is asked. Um, What I thought was funny was that Richard was saying, you should always share wonderful news with your friends while Lorelai walks in and does not share news with anyone except for Rory. (sighs) Yeah. That's the way the Gilmore girls do their thing. Yeah. It's just them against the world. So What are they doing, Emily? Make them stop. So funny. Just another moment that kind of breaks my heart. Because I feel like... Yeah. I mean, that could have been... Even if with the marriage falling... Or the engagement falling through. Like, this could have been a turning point mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. This could have been a really happy evening. It was already mm-hmm. a happy evening with Rory. But it could have been... Oh my god, Lorelai's also engaged. Yeah. Right. And they're already, like, jazzed up about Chilton, and, like, mm-hmm. he works at Chilton, so, like, that's a good thing. Uh, also, how do you met know him. at Chilton? Max. Like, yeah. that would have been an answer that would have also been viable. That but... is true. No, because But they point, don't know about don't even, Max. Yeah. Like, I know... They know she kissed him. That's all they know, though. That's all they know. And okay. I'm pretty sure that conversation ends with, well, we broke up, so... Okay, mm-hmm. so, yeah, they don't know. Well... Yikes. You know who is properly excited about Lorelai saying yes? <laughs> I'm going to question that properly. No. I think that her reasons are good. So well, Lorelai, let's say who it is. <laughs> so Lorelai is at the inn and she decides to tell Suki that she has said yes. And Suki, like, almost immediately just breaks down into tears. Yes. After but her have... disbelieving moment of no. Yes. yes. No, no. What? <laughs> Her no. reason for the tears is that, you know, Lorelai raised this little girl on her own and she's worked so hard and she's getting her degree and she's so successful and she deserves this. I think that's fair as yeah. a friend to have mm-hmm. seen your friend struggle so hard. And like, you know, you see this as, like you said, a turning point for them. But I mean, it's also Suki. <laughs> she's also always a little over the top. Um, I'm going to explain myself. It's obvious she loves Lorelai a lot. It's obvious she does not care at all about Max. What makes you say that? Just out of- it is Max, right? And oh, then, yeah. no, no, right? In the beginning, <laughs> I think Suki is kind of on Team Luke. You can kind of see it in season one where it's like, oh, you get great service here um, at Luke's. And mm-hmm. like, 
there's a little bit of a push. Not much. Not like a, you need to be with Luke. But like she's even the one who told her like poke Luke and Rachel and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm all I'm saying is that Max could have been any guy in this situation in Lorelai. I mean, Suki would have given the same response. Yeah. And she does say he's a good guy or something, right? Mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. he's a great guy. Which he is, I mean, to Max's credit. Also, one thing that we did not mention while we were talking about the phone call, uh, Max kind of got hot over the break. I don't (laughs) know what happened. Like, he looked good. I was like, good for you, Scott. That's some good clothing choices to accentuate. I think when he's in casual clothes, yeah. And he wasn't wearing wearing the the cardigan. So that helped. Oh, that helps. (laughs) Um, We also missed fake Jackson. Who is this lobster man? I want to know about this lobster man who just comes in. <laughs> I want to know why Suki's first thought is to pet the lobster. Yeah. Yeah. No, I well, guess, that's Suki. <laughs> I don't know if he's fake Jackson. I think he's just lobster Jackson. He's, he's Jackson. lobster Jackson. Because a Jackson is a person who comes into your kitchen and delivers you produce. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Jackson, he does come in to deliver produce. And um, Suki and Lorelai immediately, like, catch on to the fact that he's freaked out mm-hmm. and they oh, do yeah. not stop. It's <laughs> so no. funny. Well, I, what scene I would have loved is uh, to actually see is Lorelai telling Suki that she's pregnant with Jackson right there. <laughs> with twins. <laughs> um, so we also great. have find out the biggest revelation. Um, Jackson has two cousins and one is named Rune and the other one's name is Bon Bon. Yeah, <sighs> Bon Bon. And in, in which he has to clarify that's his real name. <laughs> Who is naming these poor kids? Uh, how did Jackson get so lucky? How did Jackson get so lucky is the question. Jackson is apparently from the backwoods of uh, Connecticut. <laughs> Who uh. knew? So we cut to Lane. Lane's more poor drama calling from yeah, the closet. Yeah, she's in her really cool closet. And then Max um, calls about Reese. Yeah. And Rory is extremely obvious. I don't know right? why he waits until the end of the conversation to be like, she's right there. Why else are you sitting there repeating every word he says about the rings? Right? Every word. Like I or- like Lorelai's glasses, by the way. I d- Lorelai oh, looks look, great I- in, class- in glasses. Yeah. I had those glasses in elementary school. And let me tell you, it is not the glasses. It is Lauren Graham. Because I looked <laughs> like Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do a low pony, and I straight up looked like Benjamin Franklin. That's a look. Low That's ponies a look. were all the rage back then. <laughs> yeah. When I saw those glasses, I was like, I had like flashbacks. <laughs> she looks great. It was absolutely of the time. Like that's probably the same year that I had those glasses. Mm-hmm. But I feel oof. like I saw something that said some of the glasses that she wears throughout the show are actually her glasses. That makes sense. Oh. It's also just, like, nice to see a character wear glasses because glasses show up so rarely. Mm -hmm. Um, But we never saw her wear glasses before. So this is a new thing. This is... um, I think she wore it when she was studying once. But maybe not. Um, After uh, Rory essentially picks out Lorelai's ring by having Lorelai pick out Lorelai's ring... Yeah. uh, Minor little uh moment was when uh, Max recognized Lorelai barking over the phone. <laughs> that was just I weird. was like, okay, moving on. Did um, not make any kind of weird connection, but yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Dean shows up. Yes, And Dean, over the span of 48 hours, 
has lost a lot of weight and gotten really tan. He got super tanned. Well, he went to the tanning bed. <laughs> he really did. And it and they exercise. Tell you it'll take the weight off, but for 48 hours. <laughs> tanning beds are very in in high school. Or at least they were when I was in high school. They definitely were when we were in high school. But it was just funny to see Dean come in because a lot of the time, you know, you're trying to keep continuity between seasons, mm-hmm. you're trying to keep their hair the same, you know, do as much as you can. And clearly, like, Jared had some kind of shoot over the break where he was in the tropics or something because that boy is toasted. He is like golden brown. And it was he so made beautiful. some money from Gilmore Girls and just went to Mexico the first time he could. Yeah. And beautiful. <laughs> he does. He looks Which great. is a creepy yeah. thing to say, considering he's probably like 20 in this scene. Well, uh, and Rory invites him to dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then we have another weird moment between Lorelai and Jared. We miss That's you. what I was going to say. Um, really Lorelai and Dean have you. a really weird energy. Throughout the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, she, like, basically makes him change the water. Rory invites him. But, like, honestly, I could not get over the weird energy. Yeah. yeah I felt it definitely... We're going to talk about the di- the dinner in the next scene. But, like, when they're sitting together during the drinks scene, mm-hmm. and, like, Dean leans over to Lorelai to talk about the awkwardness that is happening... Um, it was like, it was uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. Rory is sitting there on the other side of him. He's ignoring her. He's talking to Lorelai. He's like taking cues from Lorelai. And I understand these are her parents, but if I was in an awkward situation with my significant other, I would be asking my significant other what to do Mm -hmm. or looking to them for support. And it just, again, it feels like here's two adults and then Rory on the side. I think it's supposed to show like how much Lorelai likes Dean and is happy Mm -hmm. that he's back and, like, how comfortable they are together. But it just takes on a weird vibe instead of, like, showing what they want to see, I feel like, or want to show. I'm going to say something controversial because I know one is in their 30s. I think Lorelai and Dean have better chemistry than Lorelai. I'm sorry, than Dean and Rory do. I just don't I would, think I, mean, I would agree with that. Like just the way that the characters play off each other or the way mm-hmm. the actors play off each other, it always seems like they're It seems more flirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're flirty, their like banter is better. And maybe that's just because we're still getting like super inexperienced, awkward Rory. Um Maybe. But yeah, it just always feels like there's two adults in this relationship and like Rory is their side kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Rory and Dean, you know, she invites him to dinner. Um, I like that the dance was mentioned because it was a nice callback. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good comparison about how she asked him to the dance last time and how she asked him to dinner this time. Last mm-hmm. time she was like, oh, okay, you can't come. Um, and then like, but you know, maybe you could come and like, I don't know. It's, and this time it was just like, I want you to come. Can you please yeah. come? Yeah. Um, even though Dean always kind of shits on the things that Rory likes, like I don't Rory feel like and Lorelai just had this little. At this moment, though, I feel like he kind of went along with it a little quicker than he did last time. Oh, I meant more about the movie. Like he has oh. a line where it's like, "Well, if uh, the movie is as bad as you guys say it was," and it's like they weren't saying it was bad; they were saying it was great. Yeah, 
Have you met them? Well, no. I think that like we're still trying to establish Dean's role within the Gilmore Girl household, mm-hmm. right? Like he was the new boyfriend and everything was weird and fresh. And then he was the ex-boyfriend and things mm-hmm. were awkward. And now he's back in and it's like, okay, he's... Comfort has returned. Right, comfort has returned. He's he's going to have to watch all of our movies with us. He's going to have to do our chores around the house that we need a big, strong man to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the man of the house has returned and I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know either. But like, I also don't know, and this is jumping way ahead, how I feel about Jess not doing any of this stuff. Yeah. Like, I feel like there needs to be an in-between, and Logan was definitely not it. Yeah, no. I mean, Dean was super involved because Rory was still living at home. Mm -hmm. Jess, less involved just because he's, like, a bad boy who doesn't want to play that role. Yeah. And then all the boys after that were, like, she was living outside Uh, of the house, so there was less interaction. But let's talk about this dinner because... Mm -hmm. None of us are on Dean's side. We've said that over and over again. But I feel for Dean. I feel so I do bad. Too. I do too. He, and I just... mean, he he does everything right. Mm-hmm. And Richard is. I'm not a fan rude. of the fashion choices. <laughs> yeah. The puka shells are a lot. The puka I mean, shells. He's so like, tan. Over... I mean, he has to wear them. <laughs> his shirt, though, like it just it ain't like tucking your shirt. Like that's all. It would have made such a huge difference. But it ain't because he's got like these big broad shoulders and the. He's got, like, the perfect triangle form of, like, yeah. Clint Eastwood or fancy man. I don't know. But, <laughs> so the shirt, like, fits his shoulders and then it just hangs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think also, like, nothing that Dean could have done would have changed the way that they perceived oh, him. Oh, no, not at all. Like, he could have rolled up in, like, tails yes. and, like, a full coat and they would have oh, still yeah. treated yeah. him or Richard would have still treated him like garbage. That's what I was going to say. I was just going to say, Emily doesn't treat him badly. I just want to no. make that clarification. Like, yeah, you can tell it, she's off-put when they answer the door, but, like, she picks it up she, very well. Be nice. And she yeah, tries she to was. be a hostess. Mm-hmm. She is. She tries to be kind to him. It reminded me of, like, season one, episode one, where we have Richard being, like, the aggressor. Mm-hmm. Because we were like, oh, my gosh, we forgot Richard was the bad guy. And Emily was, like, kind of on the edge. This time it was, again, Richard yeah. is the bad guy. Emily's kind of hesitant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, like, Richard refuses to shake his hand. He refuses to look him in the eye. And then when they finally sit down to dinner, he just starts grilling him. Mm-hmm. And, and the room gets cold. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, and it kind of... I get it. Because you're always going to be protective of, like, the ones in your family and stuff. But the way Richard goes after it, it's like he's expecting Rory and Dean to go get married tomorrow. It's like, yeah. this is a 16-year-old yeah. girl in a high school relationship. Do you seriously think this is going to be, like, a game And this is a 16-year-old like, boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't know what he's going to be doing for a living when he's whatever no. age. I like, knew what I wanted to do when I was 16, and I've changed my mind 10 times, right? 20, 30 plus times since then. Right. Lorelai says, you know, Rory is special, that she <sighs> has all these plans, that she has all of these things. And then, of course, Richard turns that around and goes, yes, she is special. But, like, no, Rory is kind of weird. The fact that Rory has known exactly what she's wanted to do and she sticks with it, Mm -hmm. that's just not, it's not a common thing. There's certainly people who do it, Mm -hmm. but, like, Rory is the exception. Yeah. And I don't, Rory right now is the exception, but the Rory we get to know 
in a year in a life, mm-hmm. I think is average. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so we spend the entire Gilmore Girls series of them telling us she's special, she's great, and then we get to the revival and like, no, burned she's, out, gifted kid. She's yeah, not, she's normal. She's average. Yeah, yeah. And that is the most average part about her is that mm-hmm. she had a plan and it went wrong. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that all our lives? I mean, if you look at how Dean's life progresses, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Dean continues to work jobs, he works multiple jobs, he works hard, he gets married, he gets a house, you know, like, he kind of follows... Small town role. But a progression that you would think Richard would at least admire the the hard work, right? Like, this is a man who works to provide for his family. That's, I will say, that's Dean's one big redeeming quality, is he is a hard worker. Yeah. And Richard just cannot see past the fact that he is not yeah. Ivy Ivy League bound. Anybody else love the Huntsberger dinner comparison right here? <laughs> like this could it be is. almost It is. Yeah. Word for word the exact same thing. Yeah. And she's not special in that dinner at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. She is She deemed. wants to work. I do really appreciate the way that this dinner ends with Rory just being like, mm-hmm. we're done. You know, like she's standing up for herself and I'm Richard's proud all flustered. I'm very proud of her. And <laughs> Dean apologizes. And I was just like, no, Dean, I'm not on your side. I'm never on your side. But in this moment, you have nothing to apologize for. Yeah. I agree completely. You have been genuine. You have been honest. You are a 16 year old kid. Like, <sighs> And then there's that great moment where Lorelai and Emily are there. And Lorelai says, isn't that supposed to be us? Yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked it too, especially com- the comparison of the first episode, the pilot, of mm-hmm. their huge blowout in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, while Richard and, and Rory slept, or Richard slept. Richard slept. Um, yeah. in, in the dining room. This time, Rory's the one who stands up. And I, I am very proud of her. Um, yeah. I do think with every season, she's going to get a little bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. And we can, we have already seen that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, a very yes. Neville moment for Rory. To it, it takes <laughs> it takes a great deal of courage to stand up to your enemies, and even yeah, greater more to, to stand up to your friends. Fifty yeah. points to Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we arrive home back to the Gilmore house, and um, Rory's trying to make Dean feel better, but. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty brutal dinner. There, there's no getting better that you night. You just need to go home after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do wish that Dean would have been like, hey, this is not your fault. I just, mm-hmm. I need some time to process. I'll call you tomorrow. Instead of him just being like, it's fine and storming away. Like, I see mm-hmm. both sides, but. We know that Dean cannot handle any kind of. He's not great at communication. Negative right? <laughs> it was not that long ago that he left her alone in that car you know like there hasn't been growth i'm sorry um so rory comes in and lorelei has opened an entire box of twinkies she takes every single one out of the package like a mad woman (laughs) it's pop tarts all over again do twinkies go stale if they sit out too long i feel like they do they're little cakes right but i mean like there's probably so many preservatives in twinkies that They'll I mean, stay moist for probably longer. I don't know. Whenever I open a Twinkie, that thing gets inhaled immediately. So <laughs> I don't have any personal experience. I've never had a Twinkie, but it's just because I don't like cream fillings. Mm, that's fair. They're I have delicious. had a Twinkie and I hated it. 
They so. are delicious. Okay, well, hey, we're on all different ends yeah, of the yeah. spectrum. But you know what? So I just said that Dean has not grown. You know who has grown is Lorelai, which it kind of comes as a surprise to everybody, including Lorelai. But mm-hmm. she defends <laughs> Richard. She does defend Richard. And I'm going to disagree on one single point, and I want your opinion. She says that it could have been anyone. And Jessica even said that. It could have been any boy could have walked in. Do you think if it would have been Tristan, that Tristan would have gotten the same hatred from R- Richard? No, because Richard no, knows Tristan's so. grandfather. Mm-hmm. I think Tristan and, and Rory would have had a nice dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there was nothing that Dean personally could have done to change the outcome of the the evening. I but mean, if, if it had been, been somebody that... Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, if he had accumulated extreme wealth between the last time we <laughs> saw him and now. But if anybody that Richard felt was, like, good enough had been there, it might have been different. Mm-hmm. But I think there would also be that fear that comes from their past with Christopher. Because Christopher was good enough. Yeah. Christopher was what they wanted. Yeah. And still look at what happened. That's where I kind of disagree with Lorelai. Um, let me find my notes so I can remember what my thought process here was um so Lorelai's whole speech is that Richard freaking out has nothing to do with Rory and everything to do with the great Gilmore hopes Mm -hmm. that is everything to do with Rory the great Gilmore hopes all land on Rory and I don't think Lorelai did this intentionally but I can see that being like that's a lot of responsibility to put on a sixteen-year-old girl. A lot of pressure. Like even mm-hmm. if she already has put it on your on herself to have like your mom, your best friend, like all of this on you. Like that's. That's a lot. I'm. I guess yeah. I'm proud of Lorelai for sticking up for her dad, but also like, I don't even know if there would be a good way to go about it. But. I think that she's trying to like put it on herself. You know, mm-hmm. she's trying to like give the Take it. well, yeah. I failed, and so that's why they're looking at you this way. But it is a lot of pressure, like you said, Sandra. It's I. I would not want somebody to tell me that that yeah. I was the one, like hope of my family line. Mm-mm. Like my brother, I have a younger brother, and like it's always been a joke on my dad's side of the family about oh the golden child, and like oh I'm the golden child now, and I'm the golden child now, based on you know like doing something mm-hmm. nice for your parents, but like. I am really grateful that neither of us is, like, a true golden child. Like, the the weight rests on neither of us to, like, be successful. Yeah. But Rory's all alone, and she's already put this weight on herself. So, would not want that at 16, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I also I wouldn't like... want a suitcase the size of me at 16. Oh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, literally, they could have both gotten in that thing and, like, yeah. run around in circles. It's Had so a big. sandwiches. <laughs> They could pack a fridge. They could put a mini fridge in that thing. (laughs) Also, um, a little fact about this episode. It was, it premiered October 3rd, uh, 2001. Oh my gosh. Only 20 years and three days. Yeah. Um, Well, the 21st anniversary was the the other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But what what I was trying to say is um, maybe pre 9-11, that suitcase yeah. may have been a thing yeah. but after 9-11 that suitcase was never going anywhere ever well no there's a 50 pound limit yeah so i guess if it's filled with twinkies maybe <laughs> right or just like feathers a couple feathers I don't, I, I don't know i think that suitcase by itself weighed 50 pounds or you know what no you can pay extra for larger an oversized 
Can not you? a month after. Actually, but, no, I yeah. don't know if you can. Um, poor Lane. We'll find out Lane's, uh, what happens to Lane later on. But for mm-hmm. now, she's being shipped off. Yeah. And we are transported back to Richard and Emily. Uh, Richard's still upset. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just Dean rant. Yeah. And uh, Emily gets a call, a mystery call, with oh. the best intentions. This breaks my heart. Oh, Suki. There's so many scenes in this episode that clearly break my heart, considering this is mm-hmm. the third time I've said it. But, like, I think this one is the first one that, like, borderline tears. It's so sad. Yeah. I Suki agree. is so sweetly planning a surprise wedding shower for Max and Lorelai. And she calls to invite her best friend's parents because she knows Lorelai well enough that she knows that they should be invited. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't know Lorelai well enough to check with her first. Right? That's, uh I mean, honestly, though, you would figure Lorelai has been at their house twice since mm-hmm. she said yes. You would assume that she told them. For normal people. For yes. normal people. Yeah. But poor Emily. Ugh. And this isn't poor the Suki first time burns Suki herself. something out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> she never learns. She's wonderful, but she never learns. She has all the best intentions. She she is really trying. Right? Absolutely. Um, it was out of the kindness of her heart she is doing this thing. You know what? I'm kind of surprised that Lorelai doesn't just yell it out in the middle of dinner when Richard's grilling Dean. Oh, right? I kind of right? like to like take the heat. Yeah. I thought that that would be supernatural. Hey, I'm engaged. Not supernatural. <laughs> Super like Lorelai. Yeah. <laughs> what a pun. <laughs> um, and Emily in this moment I think her heart breaks into a million pieces. Like, it shatters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And she goes over to Richard, and she demands that Richard apologizes to Rory, who's... Richard's still like, why would I ever apologize to her? And uh, Emily's like, our daughter's getting married, and she didn't tell us. I want Rory to tell us when she gets married. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart. And yeah. then she walks out, and she st- shuts the door and just stops to, like, I guess, collect herself to you know yeah uh, yikes kelly is already Ke- i was on gonna fire. say kelly bishop <laughs> is just phenomenal mm-hmm. yeah like she's, she's the so only good. person who could make what is really a very toxic character so sympathetic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree so we move on to the last scene of the episode um i'm gonna ask you guys a question so to put up the scene real quick uh, Max and Lorelai are ch- hanging out on the porch, and um, Max hands over the ring. Mm-hmm. Does Lorelai look happy? Um, I think that I've seen a good amount of debate about this scene on the Reddit. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like this is a scene that pops up on the Reddit from time to time. Uh, also, weirdly, this happens the same night as the Friday night dinner because she's still in her Why Friday night dinner Max outfit. Why didn't go to dinner? Right? Right. Like, this would have been Max a prime time. Max came from where they just were to her house. Anyway. And would have been there for Dean. Like, a... A, a, a buffer. Yeah. Oppos- yeah, a buffer. Um, I... I think Lorelai looks happy about the ring, but it's that line where she says, I'm getting married. That's the one that I see people pick up on, because it's not we're getting married. Yeah. I'm getting married. Mm, good point. My point is, we've seen Lorelai when she's happy. Mm-hmm. She's jumping up and down. She's 
talking fast. Episode one, when Rory gets into Chilton. Mm-hmm. And this, at that point, isn't even her life that she's jumping up and down for. It's her daughter's. Even earlier in the episode when she realizes, okay, maybe we're, we're getting married. She's jumping up and down. But then at actually getting the ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. It feels like she's kind of trying to convince herself that she's getting married. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. But that was Sadie, Sadie. <laughs> Sadie, um, Sadie, married lady. That's the one. <laughs> oh, um, Guys. First episode of the season, who are we saying is the town person of the week? I feel like in my mind, I have a pretty definitive one. Ooh, interesting. I have, it's not definitive. I could be swayed, but I have someone. How about you, Emily? Who do you have? I have Rory. Me too. She had a great episode. There's really nothing bad to say about her. Her and Dean get back together and she's happy. She's in the top 3%. She's all excited for her mom's potential life altering changes i don't know i just yeah. feel like she has a really good episode and she looks so cute throughout the whole episode too she just looks she really good yeah she looks um, a little bit older a little bit more confident like mm-hmm. alexis has clearly like seen the success of season one and is like feeling it yeah i did like her tremble in her voice when she goes we're gonna leave now yeah made me yeah. very like i was like oh good acting but that was one of the other scenes that i thought really sold it for me is like even after richard is just really a dick to mm-hmm. to Dean. Rory continues to try to be gracious and to yeah. be kind, and like she does everything she can to make this a good episode. You yeah, know? and everybody else is the one that screws things up. So that's why I think it should be Rory. So I who have do you a think, Sandra? Different person. I have mm. Emily. Um, I think Emily was kind. In this episode, she had her moment. She could have been awful to Dean as well. Yeah, Emily was my. She could have, she could have stood stood by with Richard and insulted um, um, Dean as well. She didn't. Mm-hmm. She helped, and then she, you know, planned this dinner. She gave her a present, um, mm-hmm. and then at the end, she made sure that Richard apologizes to Rory. Right. Also, she gets her heart broken, yeah. <laughs> which makes me just feel bad for her, but. At the same time, Rory did have a great episode. Mm-hmm. So I will acquiesce to Rory. Rory, come Yeah. On. I think my yeah. only thing that kept me picking Rory over Emily was Emily did have that initial of, oh, that's who mm-hmm. you brought. And she had yeah. to have Lorelai give her a little nudge of like, this was your idea for yeah. this to happen. I mean, Emily <laughs> cannot change that much, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and also Emily had said she could invite several friends, and all she brought was one. So, yeah, I think I think that that's fine. <laughs> I think Emily was very sure that she was just going to bring Lane. But yeah, so congrats, Rory, congrats, on Rory. getting Yay. the first episode. So, little change. I will now be in charge of references for the week. Um, and we're going to be focusing a little bit more on specific references or even a few of them. So, this weekend, this weekend, this week, <laughs> this week, I'll be focusing on Only two it was specific. The weekend. 
Oh, God. Um, This week I'll be focusing on two specific references and one little bonus one, um, which is just fun. So first off, Lane is not having the best episode. She was barely in it, but like every time she was in it, she was definitely um, going through it, let's say. And she mentions um, a movie, a Sally Field movie about Iran, right? Uh, This movie is a 1991 film called Not Without My Daughter, which is about a real-life couple. Betty Mahmoudi and Syed, hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Mahmoudi, nicknamed Moody. In the movie, um, Betty is played by Sally Field, and Moody is played by Alfred Molina. And it's exactly like Lane described. A woman and her daughter um, get forced to live in Iran and have been... um, basically indoctrinated into that culture um and she has to escape with her daughter hmm. the movie got really bad reviews oh no Sally it Fields is was amazing incredibly racist oh, and has good. been accused of um being manipulative and just straight up bewildering because the performances are good but the depictions are messed up Yikes. um alfred molina for example uh, who, by the way, is Dr. Octavius in Spider-Man. I was about Spider-Man. to look that up. I thought that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that's who that was. Um, he's a Spanish-Italian man uh, who grew up in Notting Hill, UK, and is uh, not Iranian at all. see where this is going. <laughs> he also plays Frida Kahlo's wa- husband in the movie with in uh, Salma Hayek. Frida? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I ever saw him in. I think the first thing I ever saw him was Spider-Man, not gonna lie. <laughs> Um, he was attacked once because someone confused him to being the actual real life Moody from this oh, film. No. Oh yes. gosh. So it's not the nicest of movies. Um, so it definitely shows Lane's fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently it's a horrible movie. Don't watch it. <laughs> okay. Next, then. next up, we have another movie. Um, this is Tears and Laughter, the Joan and Melissa River story. Uh, it came out in 1994, and it does not have a Wikipedia page. I had to do a deep dive just to oh. find out something about this movie. And I found two reviews. The first one is from the LA Times, uh, 1994, by John Matsumoto, who explains, This overinflated TV movie offers little beyond the novelty of seeing these two women reenact the grief and turmoil that gripped their lives after the 1987 suicide of their husband and father, Edgar Rosenberg. So this movie is about the death of their husband slash father um, and how they dealt with it, but they reenact it. Uh, I don't like that. He describes the movie as it being a lot like being locked on an emotional treadmill. Meanwhile, Entertainment Weekly, also in 1994, by Ken Tucker, wrote that if Tears and Laughter, the Joan and Melissa River story, was no was not so ghoulishly creepy, it would be an instant camp classic. He describes the movie as shameless and says the movie is akin to being a voyeur's uh, speculating on things that really should be none of our business. So apparently this is a real messed up movie, although more in a campy way than... A racist and dramatic way as a Sally Fields movie. So, two real bad movies this time. So Yikes, and they're like really psyched about watching it. Out of pure yes. curiosity, it is on IMDb. It has <laughs> okay. three user reviews. Ooh. Um, Tell me one, one of them has warning spoilers on it, so I have not read it. 
Um, but it's got a one, a four, and a three star review <laughs> out of ten. So this <laughs> is not on a five scale. But the one star review starts off with this is a truly dreadful movie. Like that is just the Yikes. first line. And it's some of the worst acting I've ever seen. Melissa Rivers has no talent as an actress. Joan Rivers is a good comedian, but she should never try to do drama. If they needed a cathartic experience to help them heal, then they should have just written a book and gone to therapy. Oh my gosh. Well, um, and that's what they wanted (laughs) Dean to see. Yikes. Um, My bonus uh, little reference is a small one. All in the Family was mentioned. Uh, starring Carol O'Connor and Gene Stapleton as Archie and Edith. Uh, I loved that show as a kid and realized how inappropriate it is. My fun fact is that this is my mother's most hated TV show ever. (laughs) And she hated every moment of it. So I've never actually seen an episode. Um, I'm not going to get too far into it, but it was basically about an outspoken, narrow-minded man and his sweet (laughs) wife. Um, And they had a daughter. And this is why I wanted to mention in the first place that daughter was played by Sally Struthers mm-hmm. or Babette. Oh, mm-hmm. so a nice little shout out to Sally, and I'm sure ASP brought it up as a call out. So yeah, those were my little my references for this week. Well, if I remember correctly, uh, we have at least one more movie to discuss. Books, movies, and music with Emily. So I know in season one, I was doing pretty much purely books, and I did one episode of music. Um, But as the show progresses, I feel like we are going to get more and more episodes without books getting mentioned. Um, So we're going to kind of expand this section to be music, movies, or books. So whatever is kind of mentioned in this episode and relevant to the storyline. So this week, we are going to discuss what probably won't be surprising but this episode is called Sadie Sadie and as is mentioned in the conversation between Suki and Lane it is from Funny Girl Barbara Streisand so it was free on Prime so I watched it today (laughs) for the first time it's a two and a half hour movie just so you all know and it can I say we all know this already but man can Barbara sing like, yeah, she's good. she's good. Her, so the overall premise of the story is a very, a star is born. So her character, I, the, the beginning of it bothered me because it's, her, her, it's based on the real life of Fanny Bryce. And I say based very loosely, um, but on the life of Fanny Bryce, one of the entertainment inter- industries, like first real comedians. It takes place in the twenties, I think, um, But it starts off, she lives in, like, the Lower East End of New York, poor family, she's just this poor old Jewish girl who's not beautiful, and, like, all of the opening scene and into, like, the first ten minutes of the movie is just talking about how not beautiful she is, that she's ugly. Um, And then... She's very pretty. Yeah, Barbara's gorgeous. gorgeous. Um, So that part kind of rubbed me the wrong way. She meets this guy at her first... Um, like on stage performance. His name's Nikki Arnstein, and he's got this fluffy shirt that she references and talks about throughout the movie. But he taught he references her to 
Flo Ziegfeld, which was a theater owner, I'm assuming on Broadway somewhere. I don't know for sure. But he ended up making her his leading star. Well, she comes in for an audition audition when she first gets the call from his people. And he's like, you're going to sing this song about being a beautiful about being a beautiful bride. And she's like, I can't sing this. He's like, why not? She's like, look at me. I'm not beautiful. And he's like, I'm telling you to get up there and sing that song. This is like what I'm paying you to do. And so, like, there's a little fight where she's like, I don't want to do it. He's like, do it or don't do it. I don't care. But you're either going to do both these songs that I give you, which was her audition that you see, or you're not going to do anything at all. The rest hmm. of the movie moves on, and I like it. It's the love story between her and Nick Arnstein. Um, he's an addicted gambler and ends up with happy but not happy ending. So, like, he's rich because of investments and gambling that he's done. And she, like, gets rich and famous throughout the show. So then it ends up with, like, her having all the finances and the fame. And he's kind of, like, going down. Um, it's an entertaining movie if you like musicals. It's obviously a classic. Uh, Barbara Streisand um, performed in this role on Broadway when it mm-hmm. initially debuted. And then she revised her role for the movie itself. Um, so if you like musicals, I highly... Uh, highly recommend it. Um, the guy who plays Nikki Arnstein, I think his name was Omar Sharif. Um, he is from Egypt, and Egypt almost revoked his citizenship because him and Barbara had an affair throughout the filming of the movie. Oh my god! And she was very like pro-Israel, so like hmm. we're gonna take you because you shouldn't be with this girl. Yikes. I had also looked up Funny Girl just for references. Yeah. And I just want to mention real quick, because I thought that was really funny. So you mentioned that this is based on the real relationship between Franny Bryce and uh, Nikki Arnstein. So uh-huh. I actually had looked up them, right? Mm-hmm. The real people. And Arnstein was a gambler and a con artist. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually went to prison twice. He was so in f- prison before they met. Yes. So he went to prison for fraud, and he was married to someone else. They were both married when they met. Mm. And um, Fanny um, actually met him while he was in prison, right? And she got sued by the wife for alienation of his affection. She was name-checked in the divorce papers. Wow. Which I just learned is a real thing where a third party is held responsible for Mm -hmm. a divorce, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. But yeah, so then after, I guess, media of some kind, we have fashion. <laughs> and there are choices. Making fashion choices, making fashion choices, making fashion choices with Jess. One of the things that I noticed right off the bat going into season two is that Lauren's hair looks really great. Yeah. Um, it just, it looks, it's being styled slightly differently. It just looks really good. Uh, it has a little I bit have, of a curl to it. I feel like season one was very straight. Yes, definitely a lot of straight hair. And now we're seeing a little bit of curl. Uh, and I was Googling some Gilmore fashion before we recorded. And I was looking at later seasons. And like, at some point, those bouncy, loose curls just become Lorelai's signature. And I'm excited that we're working towards that. Uh, Anyway, there were a lot of different choices made in this episode. 
but I am going to be focusing on my best, worst, and steal. So if I don't mention one of your favorites, girls, uh, definitely let me know. I'm going to say that my best dressed of the episode uh, was kind of a surprise to me, but I was just really wowed by it. Emily's outfit at the first Friday night dinner. Is that the purple she one? She looks, it's the gray one. Okay. So it's a gray, it looks kind of like a blazer, but it seems like it's a top, but it's a V-neck. So there's like mm-hmm. a little bit of, there's no cleavage, but there's more like decolletage. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a gray blazer top with metallic closures down the front and then some black trousers or slacks. And she's got just a simple string of pearls. She just looks so effortless, but -hmm. there's almost something kind of sexy to it because of the V-neck. Doesn't make her look old, which I think some of her like dinner outfits make her look old. Like the purple outfit is kind of an older style. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. just felt sophisticated in a way that is, I'm really glad we're leaning towards more of that because Emily, early, early Emily looked so old. Oh yeah, pilot Emily. And we continue to move away from that was super old my favorite outfit from this episode is in the same scene but it's rory's dress is that like the reddish purple mm-hmm. shirt dress with I the like little flowers yeah it just it was fun it's flirty it's kind of all wavy and flowy and it fit her phenomenally like i feel like this dress is how her anniversary dress should have fit do you remember her yeah. anniversary mm-hmm. dress yes. was just kind of... I agree. It didn't look like it fit very well. With the big flower. One, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that the dress that Rory wears to that Friday night dinner, it creates this really, really weird juxtaposition against what Lorelai wears, where she's just wearing this black and pink floral mm-hmm. top, and then what looked like just flared dark jeans. I think they were slacks. But they're still... They fit like jeans. They're yeah. not like a loose fit. I never understand what the dress code is for these dinners because, like, sometimes they come in practical ball gowns and sometimes they show up looking like that. Laura anyway, looks like she's straight from work. She might be. Yeah. yeah. I think, I hope, I'm going to earn back a little bit of my credibility. I feel like <laughs> maybe in that first season, some of our listeners were like, this girl's wacky. No, I'm just a little bit eclectic in my own personal styling, and it sometimes bleeds over into the podcast. However, I cannot forgive Jackson's outfit in this episode. <laughs> I loved, I loved, you guys know, I loved his uh, overalls with tie-dye outfit. I loved his overalls with the deer t-shirt outfit. Those were super cool and fresh, overalls with a red hawaiian shirt is a crime he has committed a crime against (laughs) us as the viewers and it was done through the costumer i just like i i understand that jackson wears overalls for work you can't put a hawaiian shirt under overalls (laughs) you just can't it looks fun day bad but like here's the other thing that really made me frustrated if he'd been wearing his stupid little hat, the outfit would have been salvaged. Picture <laughs> him with the stupid hat. No, it would have made I it did. quirky. It would have made it quirky as opposed to he looks like he was getting ready to go to a dinner with a bunch of other 50-year-old dads. <laughs> and then he realized he had to go out to the farm. It's, it is what it is. I was so excited to hear this when I saw Jackson come in. I was like, man, what is Jess going to say? He doesn't have his hat on. He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And maybe he wore these in season one and I totally missed it. But he's wearing the overalls that like the straps go all the way down to the waist. It's like there's no. Oh, wow. 
back I did not pay attention that much. It's not, it's just not a good look. Um, yeah. And it made me frustrated. However, I did have one item that I would like to steal in this episode. Usually I want to steal whatever Jack is. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Hawaiian shirt and it's cute and fun and flirty and it does not look like that. Uh, the item I want to steal from this episode are Lorelai's embroidered jeans from the first scene. It's the scene with the, the dog shirt. They're hard to notice unless you're actually looking at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has got these flared dark wash jeans and they don't have any back pockets. Instead, they have this crisscrossing geometric embroidery on them that's kind of over the butt and the hips. And I think they're really cool looking. Mm. I tried to draw a sketch, which I might take a picture and show um, on Instagram, but maybe it's she'll like, just live do. in infamy. <laughs> uh, I tried to draw a sketch so I would remember I see what the they butt. look like. <laughs> it just looks like a spider crawling out of somebody's butt. Uh, happy October. But <laughs> that's the item I would want to steal. I think that they're just really cool. They've got that like 2000s flair, but at the same time, they're kind of timeless because of the silhouette and the color. So just to be perfectly clear, your favorite item to steal from this episode is a pair of jeans that look like make it look like a spider is crawling out of your butt. Only in my sketch. (laughs) Only in my sketch does it look like that. On Lauren Graham, they look incredible. I don't disagree with you. I just wanted to specify. I will open the floor uh, if either of you have a worse dress that you want to rag on or a steal item that I did not mention. Um, I have a worse dress, but it's going to be controversial and you guys are not going to agree. Um, I don't like Lorelai's dress for the special dinner. It just fits her weird. Like, it looks like a prom dress on a 30-year-old woman. Okay, so you're talking about the purplish-pink slip dress. It's a slip dress. dress. Yes. With, um, the yellow flowers on, Mm -hmm. like, the the breast cuffs, kind of? Yeah, I, I like <laughs> there was a weird tropical theme in the episode between that dress and the Hawaiian shirt. I didn't I just like it. Don't either. like it. It makes yeah. her look weird. It makes her look like she's trying to be younger than she is, and it doesn't make sense. I thought it wasn't a super flattering. I think because of the way that, but the, the way that like the breast cups are cut, mm-hmm. it also just doesn't look like it fits her chest super well. It wasn't my favorite, so I, I agree with that, Sandra. It was one of the ones that I debated for worst. It was it was questionable for me. It just seems like it's very much of its time with the slip dress and everything and the, mm-hmm. the pattern or along the top of it. I would agree the pattern just, like, it kind of hit in a weird way. Like, yeah. the way, it, the line that it followed just seemed kind of off, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would say it was worst dress, but it's it's a questionable choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, with, with Jackson coming in the way he did in this episode, I mean, yeah. nobody else <laughs> yeah. could, could beat him for that award. So She's yeah. still Lauren Jackson. Graham, you know. Yes, like, right? She can still wear anything, yeah. literally. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that was our first fashion recap of season two. So after fashion, we have Stars Hollow Speaks. And uh, while we've been on our little break, you guys have been great. You have mm-hmm. been, seems like, enjoying our little mini episodes. Um, and we are really grateful for everybody sticking around and, uh, coming with us on this adventure of season two. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, we had a couple comments, um, from last season, so I did want to bring those up. So first up, we have Ruth, 
who messaged us on Instagram saying, Hi, I've been meaning to write you guys for a while, probably since your third episode. I've been listening since the very first episode, and the end of season one motivated me to write. I am so impressed by the entire production of this podcast and how it's evolved since April. I'm super excited to see how the next four weeks episodes turn out. Spoiler alert, they're already out. Um, I definitely plan on writing more, but I feel like I needed to express how much I love this podcast. This is like the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And like, you have no idea how nice it was to to hear that like, you can tell our production has gotten better. Because we've all, we're trying trying so hard. (laughs) Um, we put a lot of work into this so yeah to hear that it's noticeable is very uplifting i agree um thank you and next we also got (laughs) a comment from tom who says hey i might be your only male listener and probably definitely your only uk male listener but just wanted to thank you um and loving your work honestly I don't think you're our only male listener, but I appreciate it a lot. Uh, <laughs> I've got at least one male friend who has yeah, listened to episodes. Yeah, we have like <laughs> four guys that maybe listen to us. But Tom, thank you so much. I mean, I know the female population is definitely higher than the male population. But let's see Significantly, here. yeah. 8%, 8% male. Yeah. 8%, that, 8% male population. <laughs> Yeah, our current breakdown is 89% female, 8% male, and 3% non-binary. We have listeners from all walks of life, and thank you, Tom. Um, We also got a new message from Taisha, and Taisha said, uh, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for the amazing podcast recapping season one. You have absolutely made my Wednesdays in Australia, and your pod makes me so happy. We are super glad that you are still enjoying it, Taisha, um, and we hope that you enjoy season two. And we also got a message from Ninja Slayer Girl on Twitter. We do have a Twitter. Uh, it's not updated as often as our Instagram, but it's there. And uh, Ninja Slayer Girl said, send another fan that I talked to on here, the BuzzFeed Boyfriends quiz, and we both got Jess. Well, we're both Team Jess girls, so I guess that makes sense. Team Jess Unite. Um, she also said that she needs to catch up on the podcast and she's behind. So hopefully, Ninja Slayer Girl, you are hearing this live, you are caught up, and you are also joining us on this season two adventure. I'm convinced that BuzzFeed quiz was like 90% Jess, unless you specifically <laughs> said, I like hockey, and then you were Dean. Yeah. Or Chicago, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, you like, get Logan, Chicago. too. Um, I yeah. like money. Because <laughs> I think I went through that a couple times, like, specifically answering what I thought each boy would get. And I was able to get Dean. I was able to get Logan. But <laughs> it is, yeah. We're just I a bunch like of Jess girls out here. We are. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, we also heard from Emma on Instagram. Just wanted to send a message to say I am loving your podcast all the way from Ireland. Holy crap. I'm rewatching Gilmore Girls 2, and your podcast is perfect for my drive to and from work. So, that's actually, I was literally just looking at, like, our statistics the other day, and it surprised me that it splits out, and this is maybe just me not, like, fully understanding, but, so Ireland is grouped into the UK, and, or Northern Ireland is grouped into the UK, Mm -hmm. and then Ireland is its own. 
Yeah, so yeah. the whole it's kind thing, of in- and I highly recommend watching Dairy Girls. <laughs> yes, or looking up the Troubles in Ireland. Um, it's a yeah. whole. It's thing. a whole thing, which I yeah. should technically I should know more about because my ancestors come from Ireland, but that's on me. <laughs> so yeah, I just I found it interesting, and I'm going to use that to learn more about it. Cool. Thank and you so much, Emma. Also, um, yes, thank you, Emma. Sorry. And then we also heard from Carrie. Um, once again, another fantastic email from Carrie. Um, she sent us an email. I hope you're all doing well. <laughs> Jess, please tell me you've caught up on Love Island. Okay, Carrie, I'm going to give you a quick Love Island catch up. I am so <laughs> psyched. My number one couple did win. I think you and I were on the same page. I have not looked up whether they're still together or not because I'm scared. Um, <laughs> but I loved them and I love that we got to talk about that. <laughs> So, Carrie, about this episode, she says, I feel like this episode is a very drama-heavy episode. And I could definitely agree with that, with the whole Mm -hmm. Max and then Richard and Dean. Um, She does mention about Suki. She's like, Suki should have known better that to find out if Lorelai had told Richard or Emily. She does mention that Richard is in her top five favorite characters, but this scene was brutal with how he was treating Dean. I feel like he's seeing Rory through rose-tinted glasses, but what he doesn't realize is she's, you know, a teenager who's obviously Mm -hmm. going to get into a relationship. But this whole issue is that Dean isn't good enough. Not a Dean fan, but I feel like how Richard treated him was very unfair. Mostly because of his background, which we also Um, mentioned. I'm curious to see who she thought the town person of the week was town person of the week i'm going to go for emily i feel like purely because i felt bad for her and how she had to find out how her only child was getting married i must have stung and i i'm gonna i think i think she's supposed to be i don't think she deserves it i feel like in the past she would have phoned lorelei and went off but she kept it under wraps and didn't do that because she didn't want to make the relationship worse that's actually a really good point that we didn't talk about sure about her reaction Mm -hmm. um and how she didn't approach lorelei a little bit of justice for Sandra there. <laughs> I <Yes>. feel vindicated. <laughs> uh, but again, thank you, Carrie. We love, love hearing from all of you guys. So thank you so much for all the messages and emails and everything over the break. Yep. And thank you to everyone just in general uh, for listening and for staying with us. Um, and please know that you guys can contact us through Instagram or email all the time. We're literally answering all the time. Also yes. technically Twitter. <laughs> yes. Also, technically, Twitter. <laughs> and um, we're also all on Reddit. And I know that all of us uh, comment in the Gilmore uh, subreddit from time to time. So you might see yes. us there. Mm-hmm. I don't always switch over to my uh, my town meeting Reddit account. <laughs> me neither. So you never um, know. It might be me. It might not. <laughs> guys, last season. I know that we all took a really big high stakes bet. We did something very important. So we, I had asked the group to tell me how many cups of coffee do you think Lorelai and Rory drink in the season two premiere? And I was given answers like four cups of coffee for Lorelai, two cups of coffee for Rory, uh, three cups of coffee for Lorelai. A lot of cups of coffee all around. I do have them if you. Oh, Emily has them. Go ahead. Yes. Okay, so Jess said that Lorelai would have three cups of coffee and Rory would have one. Mm-hmm. Um, Sandra said that Lorelai would have four and Rory would have two. And I said that Lorelai would have three and Rory would have two. So we were all very close, just kind of mm-hmm. one off. 
Well, so guess one of what, guys? Right. right? We are wrong in a very big way. Ah. Like, we couldn't be more wrong, is what I'm trying to say. Because um, the Gummo Girls had no cups of coffee in this entire episode. Not she one. She orders coffee? Um, she orders it. Luke is being a jackass. And, and then she just gives back with the, <laughs> the blueberry muff muffins. Rolls? Muffins, yeah. But the point... The point being, <laughs> there is no copy in this episode. We are all wrong. No one uh, won. Because <laughs> nobody is idiots. even close. So, yeah. No coffee. And it feels sacrilegious. It feels wrong. It feels like Lorelai should have had at least five cups of coffee. Just because it's of very, stress. Yeah, it's very interesting for the first episode ever to be so coffee heavy and then the first episode of season two to be like nope not even a mention yeah well kind of a mention i guess well and we even see her in the inn kitchen and usually when she goes into the kitchen in the inn Mm -hmm. she gets some coffee but she was just so distracted by her impending nuptials (laughs) and michelle measuring meat Yes, oh yes he does we didn't mention (laughs) that was a whole little tiny subplot that that was a thing yeah (laughs) Once Michelle again, is I'm Michelle. Disappointed in Michelle. <laughs> Michelle, I have great news. Oh, good for you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, but yeah, that was coffee. And with that, that's the, the end episode. of the episode. Wow. Uh, we're in season two. Season First two. one's in the can. <laughs> My favorite season. I can't wait for uh, three episodes from now. I don't know why. I don't know who comes in, but someone comes. <laughs> that is the end of our first episode of the second season as always i was jess and i was sandra this is emily we will see you next week thank you bye. for listening bye thanks for listening to town meeting a gilmore girls rewatch podcast if you'd like to get in touch with us you can do so on instagram or twitter at town meeting pod Or if you'd like to send us an email, send it to townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks and support the podcast, find us on buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting.